Y'all Show is on the air. Hello, welcome into a whole new week of the program that's all about the South with your host, John Rawl. And of course, we begin this week with our friends in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania in mind. And it's the tragedy on Saturday with 11 people being killed in the synagogue in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. We've got more on that, not only this hour, but also an hour or two when Jerry Short, the teller of tales from Takapola, will be stopping by. We'll get his take on what could possibly be done, especially in terms uh, if there's anything to help restrict the AR-15 that was used in that killing on Saturday. And we've seen that weapon being used more than once in some of these tragedies across the country. So we'll have a conversation in hour two about that and much, much more here on the program All About the South. If you want to reach us here, our number is 803-816-1170 on Twitter. We are at Y'all Show. Our website is at y'all.com. That's Y-A-L-L dot com. You can go there and get links to call us, to email us, to look at some of the videos that we've done. And much, much more. Y'all.com, the homepage of the South and the homepage of the Y'all Show with John Rawl. Coming up later this hour, we'll have hashtag Hullabaloo. And we'll also share some business happenings across the South. Just about every community in the South has a Wally World. And if you have an old school Walmart, chances are that that building was built on a ginormous <laughs> a, a walmart sized piece of property of which some of it, some of which may have still yet to be developed and walmart is looking to do something about that and we'll tell you some developing news on the business front from walmart later this hour in our y'all street business report plus we've got some other goings on a big transaction last week in the research triangle of north carolina as a company was consumed by one of our tech giants. We'll tell you about that coming up this hour. Then when we get to hour two, we'll start off with a weekend review of college football, NFL football, and more. And then Jerry Short, the teller of tales from Takapola, as promised, will be stopping by with his usual good report. Again, starting this hour off with the sad news coming from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, as a gunman went into a synagogue there in the Squirrel Hill subdivision of Pittsburgh, and 11 people were killed Saturday in an absolutely horrible nightmare as this gunman went in there and just had no, I mean, again, when is this going to end? Now, he is scheduled for an appearance today at a one, I think it's a 1 o'clock Eastern appearance in federal court with the charges of killing these 11 people, and I think there's about 29 charges being levied against this gunman now uh, today in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. But the main thing is we want to keep the families of the victims in our thoughts and prayers as so many, just most of which were older folks. This was a very religious day in the Jewish faith on Saturday. And these people were there simply to worship their God and uh, innocent lives lost. And I mean, this is just yet again, Another example of people who just for no reason kill. And this happens throughout the world every day. But you don't want to see it happening in this country. And that's what happened on Saturday. The latest case of a senseless killing. And again, as we've seen a few times, happening in a house of worship. This being in a synagogue there in Pittsburgh. 
The University of Alabama, Birmingham, last month put out a research project called A Quantitative Approach to Understanding Online Antisemitism. And this research shows ex- an explosive growth of antisemitism online and that it must be confronted. An opinions piece at AL.com put out over the weekend shows that the UAB research has this explosive growth going on, and it should be a wake-up call for everyone, particularly after this weekend's shooting in Pittsburgh. Conservatives should be especially concerned because even though these uninvited bigots are relatively few, they have indeed glommed on the fringes of the movement and must be shaken off before they do lasting damage. That's an opinion piece from AL.com's J. Pepper Breyers. But this interesting that this research was done uh, over a month ago, and now it's very timely. Uh, someone with the re- research project says that they analyzed more than 100 million posts from the largest alt-right-affiliated social platforms, one of which was this site called Gab, a right-leaning outlet that the shooter, Robert Bowers, used to post his final message before entering the synagogue on Saturday. On it, he claimed that the Jewish charity bringing in people from around the world were invaders that kill our people. And he said, I can't sit by and watch my people get slaughtered. Screw your optics, I'm going in. And then the onslaught of murders happened. So, yeah, UAB with a research project very, unfortunately, timely right now. Now, this was the tragic news from Saturday. The big news leading into Saturday was the pipe bomb suspect being caught down in South Florida, and he was Caesar Sayoc, age 56, of Aventura, Florida, and now he's facing federal charges and could receive up to 48 years in prison if convicted. He's suspected of sending 14 pipe bombs to prominent Democrats around the country, and he'll be formally charged today in court. And he allegedly sent targets of bombs to President Barack Obama, to former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, former Attorney General Eric Holder, to Kamala Harris, the senator from California, to Senator Cory Booker of New Jersey, and U.S. Representative Maxine Waters of California. Plus, he sent some stuff to CNN, allegedly. And this man from South Florida, Mr. Sayok, in hot water, for the pipe bombs sent out. But um, if you saw the handwriting on them, it, it almost looked like he was trying to fail. But still, you don't, you don't play around with that kind of stuff. And this guy needs to be locked away for quite some time. A gunman in Alabama was killed over the weekend after an armed dad pulled a gun out and shot him after he began shooting in the restaurant. And now this armed dad was seriously injured in the shootout in Birmingham. And this dad stopped the gunman during this onslaught as the mass gunman had stormed in and started opening fire. And the unidentified father was leaving the McDonald's with his sons when the man walked into the Birmingham restaurant and opened fire. The father returned fire, and during the ensuing shootout, the gunman, the father, and one of the man's teenage sons were struck, according to local authorities there in the Magic City of Birmingham. The gunman, who was not identified, later died of his injuries. The two other injuries were not considered life-threatening. One of the employees of that McDonald's said that he was very grateful for what the father did. And 
may have saved his life. I mean, the the masked gunman came into that McDee's opening fire, and the man with the gun just happened to be there. Now, this is what President Trump alluded to on Saturday. I would say probably a little too soon for him to come out with this kind of reaction to the Pittsburgh tragedy. But when asked or when he made a statement, that was one of the first things he said was we needed to have, you know, what if a person with a gun was sitting there in that synagogue Saturday and could have thwarted the advance of this gunman? Well, if you know anything from what, what little I have looked at how this gunman entered this synagogue, I don't think he went into the main sanctuary at this synagogue. I think he went down into the basement. So I don't know if a gunman on site or a, an armed security person could have even done that much good in the Pittsburgh case. Look, when you've got people that are hell-bent on causing damage and you don't have a clue they're coming, there's not much you can do. And I hate to draw a correlation, but it's kind of like Pearl Harbor, okay? We had some, even in that case, we kind of knew the Japanese weren't very happy with us, but we had no idea they were going to launch World War II on December 7, 1941. Had we known, we would have done something a lot more than we did. But in this case, where you truly are in the most holy of places, a church, a synagogue, a temple, and someone comes in with evil on their mind, I I just don't know how you can stop it. I don't know how you can stop, honestly, some of the school shootings that go along. I know there's been a lot of advancement in security or, or any any situation with mass shooters we have so many guns and we should this is a country where we have a second amendment but we have so many guns we have so many people who don't think straight and we have so many people who don't think straight a and b a lot of these same people are on medications where they definitely aren't thinking straight and you couple that with the availability of getting your hands on a firearm bad things happen and they will continue to happen i assume sadly i assume so that is uh, again just an an unfortunate thing but the case a lot of people make is hey if we had more guns like in classrooms we could help stop some of the stuff maybe but but maybe not but in alabama at this mcdonald's a gunman certainly could have saved a lot of people's lives by being armed there in the magic city A man who saw people breaking into cars in the Bellevue subdivision in Nashville this morning has now been killed after he started chasing the bandits. The shooting happened in the 7700 block of Highway 100 west of Nashville, and it happened just after 2 o'clock this morning. Metro police identified the victim as 45-year-old Eric Helfenstein, Police say Helvenstein was shot in his vehicle while chasing after people who were breaking into cars outside his home on Meadow Ridge Circle. The suspects were in a dark SUV. Additional details have not been released. But a sad situation there as this man dies after chasing suspects who were breaking into cars west of Nashville, Tennessee. The Coast Guard has called off its search as they've been looking for a downed aircraft. We told you about this last week on the show. This was off the coast of South Carolina, and it now appears this this plane that disappeared had five people on board, and the Coast Guard has been looking for this downed aircraft, but they've now called off their search for the Piper PA-31 aircraft 
and it looks like this may be lost unfortunately and I don't have any details where the people were from as they were leaving Georgetown South Carolina last week heading to the Bahamas when the plane just suddenly disappeared off the radar our thoughts go to the families there the former Georgia governor turned president of the United States Jimmy Carter he is now wading into the governor's race that's going on next week in his native Georgia as President Carter, he says that the Republican candidate Brian Kemp should avoid damaging public confidence in the outcome of his hotly contested matchup with Democratic Stacey Abrams. And he says that Kemp should resign as the Secretary of State of Georgia. President Carter, by the way, is 94 years old, and he wrote an October 22nd letter to the Republican candidate asking for his resignation and it's the latest turn in the campaign where in this closing months being defined by charges of attempted voter suppression and counter charges of attempted voter fraud and Kemp has thus far dismissed the demands from Democrats to step aside as Georgia's chief elections officers Carter in his letter wrote one of the key requirements for a fair and trusted process is that there be a non-biased supervision of the electoral process. And he added, it would be a sign that you recognize the importance of this key demographic principle and want to ensure the confidence of our citizens in the outcome. Again, it's Kemp versus Stacey Abrams in Georgia for the governor. And here, the former Georgia governor, Jimmy Carter, Jimmy Carter, weighing in, asking for the Kemp, the Republican nominee, to step aside not to step aside as the candidate, just as the Secretary of State. I'm sure that perhaps that might have been the smart thing to do a little while back, but now I'm afraid we're too close to the election and it would certainly look a little bit weak for the candidate to, to step aside now. And again, Kemp's excuse, which could be valid, was that he's just simply following the law of Georgia by challenging some of the questionable votes or potential votes going on in that state but jimmy carter still weighing in remember i i think he had a big role in obama being elected president it was jimmy carter going on the tonight show around 2007 2008 endorsing barack obama for president instead of hillary clinton and that kind of momentum i really helped think i think that helped president obama take off and leave Hillary in the in the dust behind. Not saying that was the only reason, but a little bit surprising that this fairly unknown senator from Illinois got the endorsement of someone named Jimmy Carter back in 2008. And here Jimmy Carter fully behind what could be the first black female governor in the history of our country if elected. A Kentucky father is now in the news because for Halloween he dressed his son in an Adolf Hitler costume. The son was five years old, and he put him in this Nazi soldier outfit at a Halloween event on Thursday of last week. Bryant Goldback is the father, and he put the picture on social media, and he said they were dressed as historical figures, while others were dressed as murderers, devils, serial killers, and nobody batted an eye. And... He said that he's a history buff, and he typically dresses up as historical figure, figures 
Uh, he later had a change of heart and apologized for what he called a bad taste and costume choice. It was bad judgment. I want people to know I am sorry. Okay, apology accepted. Yeah, I love history, and I'm not sure that... Oh, I don't know... Okay, I've seen a picture, and the father is dressed kind of like as a, a Nazi guy, too. But the son's Adolf Hitler. That, that That's the problem, okay? Don't dress your son as Hitler. You go as Hitler. You take the blame. If you want to dress up like Hitler, dad, then then there's no excuse for you but let's not let's not taint your son as a adolf hitler now trust me hitler is a very scary person and an evil person and uh maybe not even a person i don't know that's probably a compliment calling him a person but yeah i, I still think halloween shouldn't i'm not a fan of dressing up period and i i would rather dress up as a historical figure if I'm going to dress up at Halloween, then any kind of goofy ghost or goblin or whatever people dress up as. But I still don't think I'd dress up as uh, any of the SS or, or Nazi people regardless. Although I've, I I do like watching any kind of World War II stuff. And so, yep, this father apologizing. And I feel sorry for his young son. Hopefully that image will go away from social media soon and not affect him hey you know arkansas loves their hogs right well that's the razorback football team but they don't like feral hogs because feral hogs have now caused an estimated a billion dollars in crop damage in the natural state and they've increased in population causing major headaches for farmers across arkansas and now these animals which are all over arkansas are making farmers lose their mind and they are getting ready for the elimination if they could find any way to do it. And one farmer says they're like the Tasmanian devil that used to be on Looney Tunes. They just tear up everything. Well, I guess these hogs found out how much that the Arkansans love hogs, and that's why they have settled there. Now, parts of Arkansas grow rice, and these these hogs get into the rice fields. They get in the wheat fields, soybean fields. And they just leave a big mess and destroy everything in their path when given a chance. Arkansas game and fish officials have set up traps in Woodruff County, hoping to catch more of these feral hogs and cut down on their numbers in the state of Arkansas. Of course, these hogs are all over the south now. Big ones, scary ones. In Louisiana, Louisiana State Police troopers now have a new member of the force, 23-year-old Tia Larvadane. And she graduated, and that's great. What, what's impressive about it is her mother, Lieutenant Trion Larvadane, has been a member of the Louisiana State Police Force for more than 20 years. And now this duo becomes the first mother-daughter duo in Louisiana State Police history. So history made in the Pelican State. Kudos. To the baseball diamond and former South Carolina Gamecock baseball player Steve Pierce was the World Series MVP Sunday night as his Boston Red Sox down the Los Angeles Dodgers in Los Angeles 5-1 to in Game 5, capturing the World Series four games to one. And you saw other former SEC players and other Southerners as part of the Boston Red Sox lineup. And the Red Sox win in impressive form. They won 119 games this year, the best season in the history of that franchise. And the Red Sox your World Series champs and that former Gamecock, your MVP. 
We've got your football talk coming at you at the start of hour two. So if you want to know what happened in college football, NFL football, and more, we'll have that starting in just a few minutes here on the Y'all Show. When we come back, we've got hashtag hullabaloo. The fun of social media is heading your way next. This is Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. Credit products are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How did I get into credit card debt? A trip to the emergency room. Car repairs. <sighs> Moving expenses. <sighs> There's a million ways to get into credit card debt, but one sure way to start getting out. Avant. Avant offers access to online unsecured loans from $2,000 to $35,000 at competitive rates and no extra charges for paying back early. Over 500,000 customers have experienced the convenience of a loan through Avant. No wonder Avant has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. The application takes minutes, and if approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, funds are deposited as soon as the next business day. And now Avant will also give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 4646 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 4646. Avant.com, code 4646. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than $0.02 per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1313 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1313. This here is the story of Lawrence, who always wanted to play pro football. His parents supported his love of the game, sent him to special camps, and then in college, pro scouts came to a bunch of games where Lawrence was playing the trumpet at halftime. Yeah, Lawrence was never that good at football, gave up by the time he got to college. But he also learned how Geico could save him a lot of money on car insurance, so he switched and saved. So, this here story has a happy ending after all. Back we are to the Y'all Show with your host, John Rawl. Hope you are having a great Monday and the week is getting off on the right, right foot. <laughs> Welcome into the All Southern Show. Well, you hear the music there. It's hashtag hullabaloo time. H, H, oh yeah, hashtag hullabaloo. <laughs> And we're starting the week off with Halloween in mind in our first hashtag hullabaloo selection today. And someone sent me this gif and I, I just, I got a nice little chuckle out of it. It's orange background image, woman sitting in a chair with a drink raised. And it says, just curious if you can recommend a wine that pairs well with eating my children's Halloween candy. <laughs> so what kind of wine 
goes with eating your kids' Halloween candy. I don't know of any. I'm not a wine drinker, so I can't help you, lady. But some of this candy these days, I mean, do your kids, if you have any kids, do they like the sour candy more than the sweet candy? I don't even know what the hot items are out there these days. I, I have a youngster, and he's honestly happy to get anything I throw his way. I just mailed him over the weekend a huge bag of nothing but bitter honeys. He and I discovered, well, I mean, I knew about bitter honeys, but he and I went on a road trip back in the summer, and we stopped by, I think it was a Dollar Tree store, and they had packets of bitter honeys, and I was looking for a candy. Here's, here's what I look for in a candy, okay? I want a candy that I can leave in my car and not melt. And honestly, there aren't too many choices because almost every chocolate-type selection is going to melt. I want candy I can stick in my glove box, and when I have that need for something sweet, I can just reach in there and grab that instead of having to pull through a drive through and spend $4 on a shake or an apple pie or whatever else treats are available. I don't have to, have to go in the gas station and spend a dollar on a candy bar. Okay, call me El Cheapo, I don't care. But I have to have something sweet. Well, a bit of honey, I think, is a pretty good option. Boy, they taste good. And you can leave them in the car in the middle of the summertime, and they're not going to melt. And so that's why I introduced him to Bit of Honey. He loved it. Now, he's the one that discovered in the store, hey, I want to get this packet of Bit of Honeys. And I'm pretty sure they make a... See, I don't even pay enough attention. It's either a caramel-covered or a chocolate-covered bit of honey now. And so I sent him over the weekend two packs of that alternative bit of honey and several packs of the traditional bit of honey. And so he's going to enjoy that when he gets it maybe in the mail today, perhaps Tuesday. And if he wants to share it with others, that's his choice. But that's... That but the reason I bring all this up, going back to our original jib, I think a bit of honey with wine would be a good choice. I really do, because it's not tart; it doesn't have that kind of taste, and it would go well with a white or red wine, I assume. But again, I am no wine connoisseur, so I will yield to all of you winos out there on the best kind of candy to go with Halloween. Don't eat your kids' candy. Come on. Okay, save up for perhaps Valentine's Day when you give them the little heart. Get you know, steal some of the candy then, but not not Halloween because to Halloween, the unofficial holidays credit. The one cool thing is you've got kids who randomly come asking for your candy, and some of these kids may never normally come to your house. They may never come asking for anything, but at least on October 31st of each year, they randomly come a-knocking, and they can't, they come a-looking. So save all your candy for the little ones, and make a, make a smile happen, okay? And get you some bit of honeys while you're at it. Jill is on Twitter, and she is at SMI by Jill, which is a southern lifestyle brand. I need to look that up. And she writes, Searsucker Gingham working on our spring and she's got an image of a gingham like a checkerboard almost like a tablecloth looking gingham red and white 
pattern top, and this is female clothing, along with seersucker short shorts. Looks great. But, Jill, it's October. When are you going to wear this? Where are you going to wear this? It says you're working on your spring, so okay, I guess you're getting things organized. But I'm not sure that gingham, the, the checkerboard pattern gingham, and a striped seersucker are a good fit together. Maybe she's planning on wearing this separately. But, you know, I, I don't claim to be a fashion expert. I do claim to be a seersucker expert. You're talking at the, uh, you're, you're listening to the South's premier seersucker aficionado, at least for guys. Now, seersucker comes in lots of women's choices. Seersucker is big time for little kids' choices, kids' clothing. But for men, I have about seven seersucker suits that I have. And I shouldn't say suit. Some are more just a sport coat. But I have a couple of different suits that are seersucker. And I'm bragging because that's hard to pull off, okay? Go look for a seersucker suit just about at any decent men's store. You're going to get usually one choice, perhaps two, max. They'll have your blue and white. Sometimes they'll have a gray and white. Sometimes they'll have a khaki and white. Those are about all you're going to find. But through my intense research through more than 20 years of wearing seersucker, I have got my hands on some really cool color seersucker suits, of which I should be wearing even in October. <laughs> I might pull one out. I got to go to an event here in a couple of days in Charleston, South Carolina. <sighs> should I wear seersucker? Should I? I might. I just might. Yeah, I know it's going to be November. But why not? I need to see what the weather's going to be like that day. It's kind of a, it's kind of a statement, if you will. It's kind of like wearing a bow tie, which I wear those too, not all the time, but sometimes. But yeah, seersucker in November, that that would kind of be a cool thing. Hey, I don't have to impress anybody. If somebody's offended, pfft, oh well. But yeah, seersucker Jill looks good. The gingham looks good. Pairing the two, mm, I'm not sure, but. I'm the last person that needs to be weighing in on women's fashion. So, Jill, we'll just have to trust what you say there with your Southern Lifestyle brand. And again, she can be found on Twitter at S-M-I-J by Jill. American Blues Sing, they put out a tweet at Blues Scene on Twitter. And this is a sad statement. This came out last week. Singer, songwriter, storyteller, swamp rocker, Tony Joe White has died at age 75. Yes, this is the man who sang classics like Rainy Night in Georgia, Polk Side Annie, and he died last week in Williamson County, Tennessee, of a heart attack. He was a native of Oak Grove, Louisiana, which is in northeast Louisiana, not all that far from Greenville, Mississippi, just on the other side of the Mississippi River and downstream a little. And Tony Joe White dying near Franklin, Tennessee, at the age of 75 last week, a uh, distinguished career in swamp pop and just a distinguished storyteller. When Man, Rainy Night in Georgia, a good, good song. And he leaves a legacy behind, Tony Joe White. So we appreciate American Blues Scene for alerting us all on the passage of Mr. White. 
Southern Cafes on Twitter at Southern Cafe CH. And this is a pancake house in the great southern town of Crest Hill, Illinois. <laughs> what? Illinois? And they're called Southern Cafe and they're a pancake house and they take great pride in their southern food there at the Southern Cafe Pancake House. And they put out on Twitter this week, perfect way to enjoy the fall, the perfect lunch suggestion today, our zesty, spicy gumbo laya. Mmm. And they put a picture of this gumbo laya, and that's a great idea. I've never heard of combining gumbo and jambalaya, and that's what, of all places, in Crest Hill, Illinois, the Southern Cafe has done. Now, Louisiana natives, I apologize. This is this could be something you do every day. I've never heard of it until this tweet today from Southern Cafe. But try it out. And I don't have a recipe for gumbo laya, but it looks good. Very spicy. And we appreciate everybody in Crest Hill, Illinois, for educating us Southerners on some good Southern food. Gumbo laya. Hmm. Could use some of that. I had some canned gumbo the other day and not quite as good as the stuff you can get down in the bayou but hey when you're in a pinch you'll take whatever you can get the plantation singers are on twitter at plantation sing and this is a group of singers that are a acapella group preserving the gullah history of the south carolina low country through song for over 21 years i've heard of them i've seen them on some tv specials and such and they do a great job of promoting Gullah history. Now, Gullah, in case you don't know what that is, Gullah is the historic black community of the South Carolina area that's on the coast around Hilton Head, Beaufort, South Carolina, down toward Savannah, Georgia. And most of these black folks lived on barrier islands that were pretty much cut off from the mainland, pretty much cut off from white people, cut off from the rest of the world for generations. And they pretty much have their own unique history. They are, uh, I would say, more closely related to West Africa than maybe any of the other black folks across the southeast, only because of their being separated for so long. Not, Not overly separated. They were only 20 miles from a lot of other cultures, but that was a long way, 20 miles, when they didn't have bridges and such. And... So the Gullahs, they have a kind of their own lingo, their own little language. It's really a neat thing. And the plantation singers are all about promoting Gullah and Geechee heritage. And the plantation singers put a tweet out over the weekend. Meet us at Hall's Chop House for Sunday Gospel Brunch. Live music. Hashtag Low Country. Okay. Now, Hall's Chop House. I keep hearing more and, about, more and more about Hall's Chop House, which is in Charleston, South Carolina. And it is at 434 King Street in historic downtown Charleston. It's a family-owned and operated establishment. Delicious food from when all I've been told. Hall's Chop House, by the way, not been there. If you're listening, I'll be in Charleston in about 10 days. Appreciate a benefit meal for the y'all folks here, if you could help us out with that. <laughs> but... Yeah, the Plantation Singers evidently performed there at Gospel Brunch. And this could be a regular occurrence by this group. So how about a a wonderful Sunday brunch in Charleston, South Carolina, and you're getting to listen to great Sunday gospel 
from the Plantation Singers. Now that's one heck of a combination right there. So I need to go ahead and find out how I can pull all that off in a couple of days while I'm south of the broad in Charleston, South Carolina. Now, one more Charleston-related thing that I want to tell you about before we go to our break and talk some business in the next segment. This comes from Charleston Daily, and the that, that, that is a local paper in Charleston, at Chucktown Daily. And, of course, Charleston's a city of beauty, history, culture, and community, and this paper wants to share all that with you. Well, the editor-in-chief of Charleston Daily is a guy named Mark A. Leon, and he has penned a poem about Charleston. And I don't normally read poetry here on the Y'all Show, but I found this on social media, and why not? Why don't we do something a little different here on the show all about the South and talk about one of our great Southern cities, perhaps arguably the greatest Southern city in the South, Charleston, South Carolina. This is Mark A. Leon's Left My Heart in the Holy City, an original poem. Go ahead and key the fancy poetry music if we have any here on the Y'all Show. I left my heart in the holy city. The spirits draw me in with the sweet song of the streets. Cobblestone roads and the gallop of horses in the distance. She romances me with her palate. Serenades with the wind whistling off the palmettos. With a cocktail on the rooftop, we toast the sunset. A break, breathtaking theatrical performance with a wink from the moon. The evening sweeps you off your feet. Left my heart in the holy city. Fair Charleston, the jewel of the south. A present to be unwrapped, filled with magic and surprise. The tower bells ring, ushering in a new hour, a new adventure. Let her southern warmth cascade the senses. A steamy night awaits, filled with passion. With a secret smile and a courtesy bow, a gentleman woes the southern bell. Tradition alive and well in the holy city. Plantations showered with flowers, prominence and power, tradition so sincere. In the garden, a maiden awaits her place, resting under the shade of the tree, born the fairer being, destined to grace, left my heart in the holy city, so proud under the flag of Sumter, free as the waterways out of the harbor, church steeples dance, ghosts sway under the hot sun, a celebration of sin and charm, now I rest under this southern sky, for tomorrow I will leave my heart in this holy city. And that a poem from Mark A. Leon, editor-in-chief of Charleston Daily on Twitter, at Chucktown Daily. How about that? Our first, first poem on y'all. We're making history on this program today. When we come back, we'll be talking about southern business. We'll maybe make some history there. Good news coming from the North Carolina Research Triangle. And big money, a big deal happened there last week. We'll have info on that and more as the Y'all Show with John Rawl continues. Are you putting your retirement savings in a 401k, IRA, or investment account? Then I have one word of advice. Stop. 
Many experts warn of a stock market crash any day now. And if it's anything like the last two crashes, you could lose 50% or more of your hard-earned savings in the Wall Street casino. Can you afford to lose half of your retirement savings again? Hey, you don't have to lose a penny because there's a better, safer way to save for retirement. And you can learn all about it in a free report. This is the report Wall Street and big banks desperately hope you never see. Why? Because this method continues to grow your money even when the market tumbles. It lets you take back control of your money and finances and it gives you penalty free access to your savings plus it beats the pants off any 401k or ira these are uncertain times so get the information you need today to guarantee your retirement security to get this free report go to bankonyourself.com right now that's bankonyourself.com bankonyourself.com i can't believe it that we're playing four and four basketball with a barbershop quartet Pass the ball, pass the rock. We're open, just pass the ball. No, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico. Believe it, Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than two cents per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1313 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1313. It's Friday night, baby, get ready, set, go. Gonna take you to the crystal and a picture show. Well, the sky's the limit, there's no price too high. Baby, you're the apple of my eye. Got my paycheck in my pocket and some gas in the tank. Honey, your love's better than money in the bank. This is the Y'all Show. Talk with a southern accent where we talk about the South. We promote the South. We're all about the South. I'm John Rawl. Glad to have you back here on the program. If you have a suggestion or comment, our email address is y'all show y a l l s h o w y'all show at y'all y a l l y'all show at y'all dot com. This is our y'all street business report, the business happenings of Dixie, and we'll start off today from Raleigh, North Carolina, as a software company there, Red Hat, has been acquired by IBM. For $34 billion, that's 34 with a B, $34 billion as this merger happened yesterday, it was announced. IBM will acquire all common shares of Red Hat for $190 per share. Red Hat's stock had closed at $118.68 a share Friday, down from a peak in June of about $175. IBM, which has a campus in the Research Triangle Park of Raleigh says it intends to keep Red Hat based in downtown Raleigh. The company has more than 2,000 employees at its headquarters tower. 
making it one of Raleigh's largest employers. Red Hat has been downtown since 2013 when it moved its headquarters from NC State's Centennial Campus to the tower in 2013, bringing around 600 employees at the time. The company had approximately 12,000 employees as of August 2018 and has a market valuation of $20.5 billion, according to Bloomberg. So a big transaction that happened over the weekend in the state capital of North Carolina, Red Hat, being acquired by IBM. Now, if your town has a Walmart, you may be eligible for this, or it might you might have already seen some development happening on this front. But Walmart is now going to start building town centers, as they call it, in their parking lots, and it could redefine the way you go to Walmart. Remember, a lot of times when Walmart's gone into towns, they take up a huge track of land, and a lot of it has not been developed. I guess they knew what they were doing when they bought this land cheaper years ago. But they're looking to convert parking lot space into town centers in a number of states. And they're looking to team up with companies like Shake Shack, Chipotle, and Orange Therapy Fitness into moving in these town centers. And this experiment could help signal a change in the one-stop shop aspect. And it could be a whole new way of kind of having miniature malls around the southeast, around the country. The retail giant is transforming extra parking lot spaces into these town centers in several states. And as Walmart says, it could feature a carefully curated mix of local, regional, and national retail tenants, according to a website promoting the project. So the Atlanta Business Chronicle reported that Walmart is looking to fill town centers with restaurants, daycare establishments, health clinics, bowling alleys, food trucks, bike rental stations, driving ranges, fuel stations, and more. Walmart's listed such projects underway at select Walmart stores in Arkansas, Missouri, Texas, and more. So check that out. Walmart getting into the one-stop shop town center business. Good for them. Now, college football, we know it makes a lot of money. The number one team for making a profit, though, is the University of Texas Longhorns. And they are in a new listing that's come out. Football generated roughly $4.64 billion in operating profits for U.S. colleges last year, according to a business journal's analyst of financial data submitted by more than 800 institutions with school-sponsored teams. And the numbers equate to an average operating profit of $5.24 million per school, Although the variance among bottom lines was broad, schools such as Texas, Tennessee, Alabama topped the $100 million profitability threshold, and 52 schools failed to crack a $100,000 profit in college football. Now, I'm going to kind of read through what I see here. Some of your top profit schools, schools that are making roughly $100 million more or more, in football, Texas, Tennessee's number two on this list. Alabama's three, followed by Michigan, Notre Dame, Auburn, Oklahoma, Georgia, LSU, and Ohio State. This is from the U.S. Department of Education, the big bottom lines figure. Colleges generating the largest football operating profits is a who's who of powerhouses on the playing field. 
and the most profitable programs in 2017. Again, UT, both Texas and Tennessee, leading the way. It's big business, and you get make even more money if you win championships, something Texas needs to start doing. It's been 2005 since they won a natty. They lost to Oklahoma State. They still have a chance. Well, I don't know. That was a second loss. They're going to have a big, big hill to climb to try to get into the national championship for this year. But it's still possible. A lot of football still left to be played. We'll have college football talk coming up in just a few minutes here on the Y'all Show. When we come back in hour two, we'll give you the latest on the weekend. We'll have the latest AP poll. How did those Texas Longhorns fare in the brand new AP poll? We'll have that. Plus, we'll look at the past weekend in the NFL. All that and more coming up in hour two. Plus, Jerry Short, the teller of tales from Takapola, will be filing a report. That's with the Y'all Show with John Rawl. Hang on. Credit products are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How did I get into credit card debt? A trip to the emergency room. Car repairs. <sighs> Moving expenses. <sighs> There's a million ways to get into credit card debt, but one sure way to start getting out. Avant. Avant offers access to online unsecured loans from $2,000 to $35,000 at competitive rates and no extra charges for paying back early. Over 500,000 customers have experienced the convenience of a loan through Avant. No wonder Avant has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. The application takes minutes, and if approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, funds are deposited as soon as the next business day. And now Avant will also give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 4646 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 4646. Avant.com, code 4646. Technology Truths, brought to you by GEICO. Technology Truths. Truth, you have 14 login passwords, and you can't remember any of them. Doug 1, Doug 2, Doug is awesome. Doug is awesome, 1, 2, 3. Truth, it's so easy to switch and save on car insurance at GEICO.com. Doug is super cool, ampersand, underscore, exclamation point, exclamation point, 1985. Knew it. GEICO, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. And welcome back to Hour 2 on the Monday, y'all, with your host, John Rawl. Jerry Schwartz, the teller of tales from Takapola. He is heading your way in just a few minutes. You don't want to miss what Jerry has got to say. We'll discuss the tragedy in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, over the weekend with Jerry and, and hear what he has to say about this senseless, senseless killing that happened and unfortunately becoming and has been too often we, we have this happen in our wonderful country but yep unfortunately once again we're we're talking about carnage in america right now on the y'all show we will talk about the weekend in sports this is our sports review here and we'll start off with college football i guess we we do talk about these things but boy it's tough to talk about stuff whenever people just get innocently killed but (laughs) we know it happens every day all over the country oftentimes many times across the country so this shouldn't be sadly too surprising but you know it's always tough especially totally in a in a worship place too my goodness all right ap top 25 is out alabama is still riding high 
in the AP poll. But we do have some changes as 11 ranked teams from last week fell in college football action over the last weekend. Clemson checks in at number two. No surprise from last week. The fact that the top five remains the same this week from last week. Notre Dame is at three. LSU is four. And the Michigan Wolverines are five. Now comes the movement in the AP Top 25. Georgia, what an impressive win in the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. Just when you thought Dan Mullen and his troops might be able to to win and and show Georgia that, no, it's going to be the Florida Gators that are back on top in the SEC East. Lo and behold, Georgia comes storming in the third and fourth quarter in Jacksonville, and the dogs get out of Jacksonville, Duval County with a win and move to 7-1 and one overall. They are number six this week in the latest poll. Oklahoma, no problem with Kansas State. They move up to number seven in the latest poll. Ohio State, which did not play over the weekend, I don't think, they moved up several spots. They're number eight. UCF moves up nine. I think they were dormant this past weekend, too. Now, top ten team, Washington State, the Pirate, out on the Palouse. His team gets a big win over Stanford and a dramatic win for the Cougars and Washington State checking in at number 10 and the new AP Top 25. Now, knocking on the door at number 11, and I really thought this team would get in the top 10, the Kentucky Wildcats are number 11. At 7-1, and one, the Cats with a dramatic end of game. The clock had already expired. They had a, a no-time play, and they got the win at Missouri. And now that sets the stage this Saturday at Commonwealth Stadium slash Kroger Field in Lexington. The number 11 Wildcats host the number 6 Georgia Bulldogs with the SEC East on the line. I won't call it the title yet because we still have a few more weeks left. But the winner of this game at Kroger Field has the real opportunity to punch their ticket to Atlanta. And for Kentucky, they will still have games against Tennessee and one other team, I think, beyond Tennessee they still have to play. Georgia, of course, still has Auburn and one other team they still have to play. But the the teams that matter are going to be facing off in the East this weekend, Georgia and Kentucky. Who would have thought that one for a potential SEC East? And that will be going on this weekend in Lexington, Kentucky. At number 12, the West Virginia Mountaineers, they had a big win Thursday of last week, and the Nears, number 12 in the poll. The Florida Gators dropped four spots in the poll to number 13 after that loss in Jacksonville. Penn State, they had a good win for them at number 14. That's where the Nittany Lions are. Man, the Texas Longhorns, they missed a chance in Stillwater. They lose to Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State, give them credit, great unis. They celebrated the 30th anniversary of Barry Sanders and the Okie State Cowboys and had those throwbacks, and boy, they look great. And I love Coach Gundy after the game. What was this? Somebody asking about chatter on the Internet, and I really should play the audio for you, but I, I just don't have it in front of me. But he basically called Twitter a complete waste of time and even went <laughs> like that to the reporter, talking about what people say on Twitter, the anonymous people, the feedback, such. So I'll give him... Give him credit there in Oklahoma State country for the win over Texas. And Texas now number 15 in the poll after that loss to the Cowboys. Utah's at 16. Houston, big win for them. They moved all the way up to number 17 after toppling the South Florida Bulls on Saturday. 
The Utah State Aggies are number 18, the first time they've been in the poll, I think, this year. Iowa drops down to number 19. They lost at Penn State. I think that's who they played. Uh, Fresno State, 20. They beat Hawaii over the weekend. How about the Mississippi State Bulldogs? The Bullies getting a big win at home. Nick Fitzgerald ran crazy over the Texas A&M Aggies. And State now 21. Syracuse is at 22. Big win over NC State for them. Another ACC team, Virginia, is at 23, followed by another ACC team, Boston College, 24. And the Aggies drop nine spots to number 25 in the latest AP poll this week. And as I said, some big games, 11 teams upset from last week's top 25 in the poll this week. And some have gone out of the AP top 25 as a result of that. Now, examining some of the games from Saturday a little closer, Florida State, which was demolished by Clemson and Tallahassee by 49 points. It ties for the worst defeat in FSU's school history. It was the worst defeat at home at Doak Campbell Stadium in school program history. Coach Willie Taggart of FSU has now said some of his players quit on the team, and he's vowed to make changes. He said it won't be tolerated. One thing you can't do, you can't quit. You quit, you don't play. That's what Willie Taggart in his first year at Tallahassee is saying about his team. I don't know if he should have made that public. Is that is that make him look bad that he doesn't have control of his team? That, yeah, they lost, and they lost in convincing form. But to call out players, although I don't think he called them out by name, but I think I saw somewhere where maybe four players allegedly so-called quit on his team during the game against Clemson. Clemson's the number two team in the country. They're a mammoth, Okay. I don't think Florida State had too good of a chance to win this game. So a loss was certainly expected. Now, should they have lost by that many points? Of course not. I mean, they were embarrassed 59 to 10. But I've seen Florida State beat a team that I loved near and dear 59-0. And the coach at that time of the team did not call out his team and say that they quit on him. Now, the fans quit. They were all gone by halftime. <laughs> and I don't remember of what. Oh, yeah, this game is the one I saw the image going out of a Florida State fan in the upper deck of a stadium there, of the stadium at Doak, reading a novel while the game was going on, and the whole area around him was empty. Maybe y'all saw that shared. It was a screen grab from the TV broadcast of the Clemson-Florida State game. So, yeah, I'm sure a, a nice read would have been more enjoyable for the Seminole fans Saturday, but yeah, what a what a bad thing for Florida State, and I'm not sure if the Knolls are going to go bowling this year. They've got they got a ways to go to to reach that level. Another ACC team to talk about here, Matt Colburn of the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. He ran for 243 yards in the Deeks win over Louisville. This was a game played in Louisville, and he actually received an offer to play at Louisville years ago, but then that offer was pulled just before signing day. And he got his revenge against Bobby Petrino's Louisville Cardinals, which are absolutely awful, by the way. Louisville is destined for no bowl game. They are destined for nothing. Louisville right now is 2-6, and 0-5 and in ACC play. The Cardinals have lost five straight, and they have not beaten a Power 5 foe. And his status, Coach Petrino, has been the topic of much speculation. So there may be a coaching change along the Ohio River in northern Kentucky coming up real soon. I don't think there'll be a coaching change in Fort Worth, but TCU <laughs> got beat 
by Kansas. TCU, one of the best teams in college football over the last 15 years, they were defeated 27-26 in Lawrence to the lowly Kansas Jayhawks. This was the first victory for KU in a football game in the month of October since the year 2009. Is that pathetic that they're that bad? And is it that pathetic that TCU lost this game? Well, they sure did. So congratulations to the Rock Chalk Jayhawkers, but things are really spiraling out of control for Coach Patterson's Horn Frogs. They are 3-5 and five right now on the season and certainly have a long way to go, especially when you lose at Kansas. Turning the blotter to the NFL Sunday's action, the Eagles went to London and defeated the Jags 24-18. Chicago got a win over the New York Jets 24-10. The Bengals held off the Bucks 37-34 on the last-second field goal. Seattle got the W on the road at Detroit, 28-14. The Kansas City Chiefs, they're looking good, 7-1. Patrick Mahomes is a beast for KC, and the Chiefs are third, win 30-23 over Denver. Washington gets another one. They continue to lead the NFC East. They beat the lowly New York football Giants 20-13. The Pittsburgh Steelers topped the Browns 33-18. Cam Newton and the Carolina Panthers improved to 5-2 after dispatching the Baltimore Ravens 36-21. The Indianapolis Colts won 42-28 over the Oakland Raiders. History made there as Vinatieri becomes the leading scorer in NFL history with a field goal in that game. Big game on the West Coast Sunday evening. As the Rams defeated the Packers in dramatic form, 29-27. The Rams tops in the NFL, still perfect, 8-0 on the season. And the Arizona Cardinals got a win over the San Francisco 49ers, 18-15. And that's a look at some of the action from Sunday in the NFL. And in the world of NASCAR, Joey Logano got the win at Martinsville, Virginia. And he has clinched a spot in the finale in the NASCAR Cup title. So that is what happened in Martinsville, Virginia. And finally, real quick, meshing two things I saw over the weekend revolving football and family. The quarterback for the Penn State Nittany Lions, McSorley, I saw him interviewed after the game, and he teared up talking about how he had just spoken to his dad and how much he loved him and all that. As a parent, I love that. As a parent, you should love seeing that too. Go and watch that video. Good stuff there from the Penn State quarterback. And then on Sunday, after the Panthers defeated the Baltimore Ravens in Charlotte, Cam Newton, in his post-game press conference, he brought in his young son and young daughter into the presser, and they crawled around and on the podium, and, and, and he actually was biting his daughter's arm in kind of playful form. It's just kind of a neat thing to see, you know, the fact that these athletes are still human, whether they're on the college level or a big star like a Cam Newton. But good stuff to see, and we want to keep those little ones in mind with Halloween coming up this week. Go get your candy, don't forget. When we come back on the Y'all Show, we're going to be tricked and treated by Jerry Short, the teller of tales from Taco Pola. He'll be on to share his short stories. That's up next. Credit products are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How did I get into credit card debt? A trip to the emergency room. Car repairs. <laughs> Moving expenses? 
There's a million ways to get into credit card debt, but one sure way to start getting out. Avant. Avant offers access to online unsecured loans from $2,000 to $35,000 at competitive rates and no extra charges for paying back early. Over 500,000 customers have experienced the convenience of a loan through Avant. No wonder Avant has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. The application takes minutes, and if approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, funds are deposited as soon as the next business day. And now Avant will also give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 4646 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 4646. Avant.com, code 4646. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than $0.02 per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1313 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1313. This here is the story of Lawrence, who always wanted to play pro football. His parents supported his love of the game, sent him to special camps, and then in college. Pro scouts came to a bunch of games where Lawrence was playing the trumpet at halftime. Yeah, Lawrence was never that good at football, gave up by the time he got to college. But he also learned how Geico could save him a lot of money on car insurance, so he switched and saved. So, this here story has a happy ending after all. The Y'all Show, talk with a southern accent here on this Monday edition with your host, John Rawl. I hope you're all getting your week started on the right foot. And we welcome in now to the program the teller of tales from Takapola, Jerry Short. And, of course, our thoughts and prayers still with the folks in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, our friends to the north with the awful tragedy there on Saturday as 11 people worshiping killed in a house of worship and just another awful incident of, I guess we could just go ahead and call it. I mean, Jerry, would you call that domestic terrorism? Yeah, it's definitely that. And what even makes it so much worse, it's in a house of worship. And, you know, what is that, our third one, I guess? Uh, it's and, been a uh, bunch. It's been, it's a bunch. been one in, you know, or maybe our fourth one. Another one out in Texas not long ago that yeah. people have a tendency to kind of forget. And, uh, Anyway, it's uh, it put me to thinking. I was just coming up the highway, and you know how we're all we all th- almost think we're invincible, and you can be sitting in a, in church and the most sacred the, place you could be in church, yeah, or synagogue in this case. A synagogue, yeah, either one, you know. And, uh, something like that can happen, and you know, it just uh, I got to thinking about how close we all come every day. Just riding down the highway, if somebody comes across the road and hits you head on, you know, you could be gone. 
and we just take all that kind of for granted. So yeah, I was I was watching something this weekend about a couple going into that synagogue on Saturday morning, and they said they were running about two minutes late, and they were walking into the to the building, and the man noticed some broken glass down on the ground, and he looked up, and he could see bullet holes coming out of one of the windows, and then he could hear the boom, boom, boom. And yeah. he, he instantly recognized that it was gunfire, and he started running the other way, and he started telling other people not to go in. But had he not just been paying a little bit more attention, he could have been dead. Absolutely. And, and you know, a lot of things, somebody might have gotten his way driving there for mm-hmm. 30 seconds could have saved him. Or he could have got, if somebody hadn't been his way, he could have been in there in the basement or in the first floor or whichever one they they were in. And I've I've been in that area in Pittsburgh, Squirrel Hill, and it's a real nice area. It's some oh, Mister Rogers lived there. I yeah, think. he's from right around the corner yeah. from where the synagogue yeah. was. That's what I was thinking. He he had mentioned Squirrel Hill on his show once or twice when when I was listening to him, but uh, with my kids, I didn't normally listen. to Did Mr. you know Rogers that Mister Rogers was a Presbyterian minister? Had no idea of that. Yeah, he was an ordained Presbyterian minister. I wonder how he got into, I guess, working with kids, and he just... uh, I I think he got frustrated with uh, public television back in the 1960s not having good enough programming for kids, and so he helped convince the Pittsburgh PBS affiliate to create this show, and the rest was history. I think that's right. Oddly enough, oh, Tom Hanks right now, if it's not released, is about to come out a movie on Mr. Rogers. I I, I don't know if it's yeah, come out or I not. I, I think it didn't come out. Okay. I think I heard I think I heard about that. So we can and, we can learn a lot more about that. By the way, Tom Hanks and his wife, the actress, I forgot her name, they were in Nashville over the last couple of days as she performed on the Grand Ole Opry. My gosh, Tom Hanks, yeah. of all people. He don't mind playing roles, but <laughs> I don't know if he necessarily believes in them or not. Mia Love, does that sound right? I think, uh, yeah, that's right. That's his wife. I've heard that, I've heard that before. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm sure he's like, uh, did the man from your home state win the lottery? Yeah, but I don't know who it was. I don't think it's come out yet officially. I don't think. Oh, I saw a photo on facebook okay it, well no it is and my my wife thought it was really him it was this it was this guy who weighed about 700 pounds and he was walking down the beach holding a woman it was from behind holding her hand and she was built unbelievably beautiful and trim and he said this man from south carolina just won the lottery <laughs> and he had her i believe that would be fake news the man who won the lottery <laughs> man or woman i don't know what it was they lived in simpsonville which is about four hours away from a beach so uh, although winning the lottery uh, they can buy their own beach so yeah well i knew it was fake and i told her i said no that's that's fake <laughs> because he, he he wouldn't have her that quick and he could be choosy so. yeah it's not that way, but back to what we were the sad part about that, uh, how how we're just all so just vulnerable to just something happening to us at any time. And if, if you got, if you don't mind, I'll just go back of three or four things that, that I was like the man you said that was walking into the synagogue and he looked down and saw the glass and you know, he was saved by two minutes or less. Um, 
you know, that happens to all of us. And it, uh, for the first time that I've got any little memory of anything, I was three years old in Takapola living in our kind of a sharecropper house on the farm. Kind of in a, a Mr. Rogers neighborhood there. Yeah, it wasn't exactly Mr. Rogers. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, ooh, back then we uh, we had uh, wood-burning stoves and my poor mother, and we had uh, heat, both as a, a stove, a pot-bellied stove in the house. But you always had a little old tin can with a little old screw top on it of kerosene, something to start the fire with. And I got a hold of one of those cans when I was three years old. And I turned it up and drank it like it was water. And then I passed out, my mother tells me later, after vomiting and uh, throwing up, and that kind of helped save me. They rushed me to the doctor, and he pumped my stomach out. And they said if I hadn't got there, you know, within another hour maybe or so, that it could have got in my lungs. And if it would have gotten in my, it was in my stomach, it was in my esophagus, it was obviously in my mouth and throat. And if it would have got in my lungs, it would kill me. Mm. So, I mean, you just never know. You know, something like that that's just that close. If uh, I'd have been in there by myself or if she'd have been out hanging clothes out on the clothesline as we did then, uh, you know, I could be dead today and you wouldn't hear my great stories that I'm telling you. But. Um, but another one that came to mind, um, a friend of, I guess I probably was maybe a 10th or 11th grader and a boy that was a year older, he'd gotten a new shotgun for Christmas Yeah. and he had some, um, he was wanting to show it off and kept wanting us to come up to their house. They'd just built a new house and the bedrooms were kind of small in those days, but he had two bunk beds in there for him and his brother. And we went in to see the shotgun. It was in his bedroom. And he had some, he had some, uh, he, he had some, uh, buckshot of all things. He was getting ready to go deer hunting. He wanted a bigger game. He didn't just have a little bird shot. He had some buckshot in. And so he was playing with it. And we looked at his shotgun and we sat down on the two twin beds. We sat across from him and he was waving the gun around and. And it, it wasn't a single action, but he had to pull a handle back to get to, to eject the shells. And, and I don't know, he was just kind of fumbling around. And we got to kind of laughing, me and the boy. And we were sitting right beside each other, directly across with the end of that gun, point blank. It would have went through our stomach or anywhere. We, we kind of got to giggling it and laughing, and we didn't want to just laugh in his face. So his friend of mine moved a little bit to the right. I moved a little bit to the left. Just about the time we got moved, he pulled the trigger of the gun. And that dog gun, it had that, uh, it had, it had that shot in it, that bigger shot that's about the size of BBs. Yeah. And it tore, they had a new hardwood floor. It just tore it to splinters, went through the bed we were sitting on. And a gun like that with BBs, not even at point blank, probably at, 10 or 20 feet away would go through, I'd say five or six sheetrock walls, three quarter inch sheetrock walls. It would have went through our stomachs through our, if it got us in the leg or anywhere, it would have bled to death. But, uh, 
you know, things like that happen, and hadn't been for a little bit of kids sniggering and laughing, wham, you're gone, you know. Mm. And so that's just kind of a serious uh, thing. It, it, it's not funny, but, uh, you know, it's like your guardian angel maybe is looking over you when, when you get when you miss a miss a bullet that, you know, that close to you. And then there's one other deal that I was thinking about. And when I first left uh, home, I was down in Louisiana running a crane. Uh, at first, I was a rigger up uh, on a gantry, which is about 100 feet in the air. And I got my foot smashed, and I knew nothing about running equipment. And they gave me a crane to learn how to run. And he told me to learn how to run it. You know, it's going to give me a couple of weeks to go practice while my foot got healed. But they come to get me to hang some metal. They built what we did was for the North Sea, we were building a big oil rig yeah. uh, jacket to go to the North Sea. And so it had real heavy, big 32 inch, 40 inch pipe they were putting it together with. And I went over and picked it up. And the crane that I had at that time was a Bantam crane on a truck that you drove it and you put the outriggers down, stationary, and then you would pick it up. Well, I wasn't very good at that. I just did it. And we moved it over. They come got me some uh, some fitters, pipe fitters, come and got me. And they said, we need that We need that crane, bring it on over. So I did. I thought, you know, 18 years old, I'm going to do what they tell me. I went on over there and I did it. And I, I got it in place. And then I let the pipe kind of fall and I almost got one of them. If I got to lock it in, they got foot clutch that you lock in when you finally get it in place well i picked it back up and i went around and they tacked the weld in went around and picked another pipe up but i had to move the truck and the crane over a little bit and i was thinking i was getting good because i got that other one and i didn't put the outriggers down and it didn't have doors it didn't have safety back then and it didn't it just went on and worked and so as i swung the boom around with the pipe on it to put it in place when it came around it kind of whiplashed and it got to going and the and the uh the the boom wrapped around another pipe that was stationary and it bent it about oh it looked like a 90 degree angle when it was through with it but i fell out the door of the crane mm. because it turned the crane over and the the crane stopped about two or three feet from smashing me and so, you know, we went to the superintendent of uh, the plant, and I wanted to quit. <laughs> and he said, no, you're going to go down and get that crane up, and we're going to give you another crane. But he said, you consider yourself lucky this time. And I said, yeah, I really was, Mr. Camel. Was. And I said, I uh, fell under the crane, and it was about two or three feet from smashing me to pieces. So, you know, those kind of things like that, John. And you know, I could go on all day with those kind of things, and you could too, and anybody listening could. So yeah. just think about how, how vulnerable we are and how you just never know what's right around the corner and, and just keep everything in its perspective and make sure that you're not the next victim. Well, Jerry, I, I know there's not much we can do, and if we if we knew a way to solve it, we would be the first here to help show how to do it. And that would be how to stop deranged people from creating havoc like what we saw this weekend. I don't well, know. How, 
and I don't. I would love to know how to stop that. Now, because who would have ever thought about that guy? Even though he had all that, he had passed a gun check. He'd never committed a crime except for a parking ticket or some kind of citation yeah. like that. Yeah, but, but you know, the bomber down there, of course, he had all kind of stuff. Yeah. They should have been keeping an eye on him. But uh, no one would ever thought about the guy uh, doing that to the Jewish uh, congregation. Yeah. Well, let me ask yeah. you, Jerry, this. Okay, so I, I wish we knew how to find out the future. If we could predict the future of deranged people, it would be great. But there right. was there was an ingredient in the Pittsburgh shooting that perhaps something could be done. Now, would it be done? I, I don't know. And let me be the first to tell you, I love the Second Amendment. I think it's great. But, Jerry, here once again, an AR-15 pops up in this mass shooting. Should, right. the, should the AR-15 be treated a little bit differently? Well. As a guy who loves maybe, guns like you do. Well, I've got an AR-15. Uh, the thing about the weapon, and, you know, we all know the weapon didn't do it as a personal No, weapon. but it. Wait, I'm, I'm not. Uh, and, and don't I'm take too coming, much time because we're not going to have a gun discussion. Way. Okay. I'm coming your way, but uh, I, I don't think it needs a 30-round clip or a 20-round clip. You, you need to put a limit on how many times one can fire. How many can they have right now? Well, you can put you can put 20 or 30-round clips. Uh, I've got two 30-round clips, and uh, you know, that's 60 rounds right there. And what size bullet? Uh, well, that AR-15 is the same thing M-16 shoots. And... Uh, can so, I go get an M16 right now? Uh, yeah, you can buy an M16 at a gun shop. Okay. And uh, um, but uh, it'll you know it's it's going to be different. It's going to be fixed where it won't be on automatic. Okay. It's a thing on the side that you trigger, you break down, mm -hmm. and you can make it automatic, or you can just make it where it shoots what you got in your clip. You can burn the barrel up. You can get it so hot you can fire so many times. Uh, but however. Uh, no, I'm with you on that, and there's other things that we can do. Yeah. You ever noticed how, when I go in a restaurant, I always sit at the table with my back to the wall and look at the door. Yeah. And that's a habit I've had forever. Because you owe people them. money. <laughs> yeah, and I want to see them coming so I can put my newspaper up in front of my face. But uh, in, in the church, think about all the pews point to the front. Mm-hmm. And the only person that can see you is uh, the preacher that can see the door. So if someone comes in and everybody's got their back to whoever comes in that door. But there's another thing, as, as we talked about the Second Amendment a while ago, that, about, you know, putting on speech and on weapons and on all this kind of stuff. Right. We need, we need to go ahead and, and have that. Because I don't know how we would ever get a handle on who the bad guys are, so to speak, if we didn't have those amendments. Let them talk. Let them go ahead and let them post stuff on their Facebook. Because if, if they don't, we don't know they're there as, as easy as we do by them showing their hand. Mm -hmm. You know, I've thought about it that way also. And, you know, at times you want to limit it, but... Mm. Well, we live I in a great country where we have the right of opinion and people can come up with thoughts that sometimes others would find offensive. Some would even say is just wrong. 
But there's a difference but, between having wrong and hateful speech and then taking it to an oh, extremist yeah, yeah. view and, and hurting people or killing people. And that's what I we ha- hate to see. I think freedom of the press has maybe hurt us as much as anything because the press is not reporting the news as it was meant to be reported. They're drawing opinions on everything. And we know what kind of opinions are coming out of journalism schools across America today. And those opinions are feeding some of these people out here that are borderline insane. Well, some so-called conservative networks have crossed that line between news and entertainment. And and a lot of people don't know the difference. Jerry, we got to go to a break. When we come back, we're going to switch over from talking about Mr. Rogers to another TV personality, but more along the lines of P. Allen Smith. You know who that is? You're going to have to do the talk, and I'll do the list. (laughs) All right. Well, if you don't know who that is, look it up during the break. We'll be right back to finish up the hour with Jerry Short, the teller of tales from Takapola. Are you putting your retirement savings in a 401k, IRA, or investment account? Then I have one word of advice. Stop. Many experts warn of a stock market crash any day now. And if it's anything like the last two crashes, you could lose 50% or more of your hard-earned savings in the Wall Street casino. Can you afford to lose half of your retirement savings again? Hey, you don't have to lose a penny because there's a better, safer way to save for retirement. And you can learn all about it in a free report. This is the report Wall Street and big banks desperately hope you never see. Why? Because this method continues to grow your money even when the market tumbles. It lets you take back control of your money and finances and it gives you penalty free access to your savings plus it beats the pants off any 401k or ira these are uncertain times so get the information you need today to guarantee your retirement security to get this free report go to bankonyourself.com right now that's bankonyourself.com bankonyourself.com i can't believe it that we're playing four and four basketball with a barbershop quartet Pass the ball, pass the rock. We're open, just pass the ball. No, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico. Believe it, Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than two cents per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1313 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1313. Her old friend from her old end of town dropped by today, and way down deep inside me, something died when he came round to see her that way. Here it comes again. 
That same old chilly wind will blow Like a cold winter squall And I'll begin to feel The chill of an early fall And we're back here, y'all, talk with a southern accent, the Monday edition. Your host, John Rawl, our number, 803-816-1170. On Twitter, you can find us at Y'all Show, and of course, our new improved, fresh website, y'all.com. Jerry Short's with us as we have our tales from Takapola Way, and we'll wrap up the hour here on this segment of the Y'all Show, talking with Mr. Short. And Jerry, I don't know yes. if, you, if you've looked outside or walked along the pathways of the south here in the last couple of days, but... Fall has definitely arrived. Well, I made the comment today that uh, in my 72 years, <laughs> I think this Oh, is I thought a, you were older. Uh, well, that's all I'm counting. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> some of those near misses, I'm, I'm, not, I'm taking those years off. But uh, what I'm, uh, I, I made the comment today that I, re- I think this is the most beautiful fall that I can ever remember. My mother loved falls. Mm-hmm. I didn't like falls because I thought about all the leaves coming off the trees and, you know, everything looked dead and and brown and dingy and it just wasn't pretty like in the spring and the summer. And, and uh, but now this year, the temperature is perfect down where I am. Mm-hmm. I assume it must be good where you are i was in memphis yesterday yeah it's pretty good across the south most most places couldn't have been better it couldn't have been better in in memphis yesterday and the leaves and the trees and things they hadn't started turning down this way very much yet i'm sure they probably y'all may have had a light frost but uh anyway yes i have uh really thought about it this year what uh what a beautiful fall season it is well p allen smith is a guy that's on television jerry if you ever flip through the tv channels you're likely to see him uh he's been based in arkansas at one point but he's kind of a outdoor kind of guy very good at gardening in fact that's his mm-hmm. kind of niche is p allen smith's gardening and i was thinking of him the other day and thinking of you because you're our resident forester here on the program of the right. y'all show and you just mentioned right. this time of year leaves falling last year this time jerry when I had a yard that I had to contend with, I've worked my tail off on more than one occasion gathering up leaves. I must have gathered up a couple of truckloads of leaves in a acre or less lot that I was kind of looking out over. What? Uh, my question to you is, what are you supposed to do with leaves? Well, you know, it depends on the community you live in. A lot of people have no burn laws and rules and regulations. A lot of them you need to sack up and put on the street and let the uh, let the city uh, dispose of them at their dump. Yeah, and I didn't live I didn't live in a city, so I I literally I bagged them in, up and hauled them across the road into the woods of someone else's uh, well, property. Okay. To be honest with you, don't tell anybody. If, if you spread spread them around, it's good fertilizer. Well, that's what I did. Compost, you know, so you can do that. But this time of the year. You know, cottonwoods are already, they don't take a frost for cottonwoods. And usually uh, kudzu is brown. I've seen a lot of green kudzu. And kudzu is usually the first thing to go and the last thing to come back in the spring. But it hadn't gone yet. And the uh, 
sometimes pecans, pecan leaves will turn loose early, but uh, without a without a frost. Now, I've seen some maples that have already turned red and really pretty and gold looking. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it depends on you know which which trees they are. But we've had just a real light frost, and that's what did those trees. Does the frost does this frost make the leaves change, or does it make the leaves fall? It makes a, it. What it does, it kills them, and uh, they they can't take that cold, and so the sap is going down in the tree. Okay. Down in the ground, and the sap has already started down, and it's not. There's not getting enough nutrients to keep that leaf. Uh, as a leaf, the leaf is going to turn colors, and different species will turn different colors. Obviously, and that's the reason people go to New England to watch it turn there, because they have so many different colors because they've got so much softwoods up there. Ah. And then people go to Colorado to watch the aspens turn uh, gold. Uh, you know, golden Colorado and places like that. If you get over in that area. Everything's just solid gold as far as you can see. And last but a couple of weeks, it, uh, it'll do it when they get their first uh, taste of that kind of weather. So it's uh, it's really pretty. It's uh, I love it. I mean, and I didn't as a kid growing up, but uh, somehow, somewhere across the... And I liked it when I worked in the woods because you could walk through the woods without fighting your way through briars and snakes and ticks and leaves. So, so uh, I, I, I appreciated it then, but I still didn't really like it like I really like to look at it now. I really love to look at the trees as they, as they turn in the season. Yeah. Well, like I said, I lived in an area where I didn't have city government type options to eliminate yeah. my leaves. So, and there was, there was a burn ban, so I couldn't burn them. And so for we're just trying to make sure we got a pretty part of the country. So if you live yeah. in a property that you need leaves raking, but you have a burn ban and you really don't have a good place to, to do something with them, what would your best advice be? If you don't have a, anything, I'd spread them out and put them in a compost and just okay. make fertilizer out of them. And, I mean, you could easily do that. You know, you could build you a compost container mm-hmm. and you could put your leaves in there. You could put them in there every season, and and they would go ahead and they'll go back. You know, it's ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Well, somebody yeah. told me to just go get the lawnmower and, and cut grass because that will chop them up, and it it did well, do I've always some of done it. That. That's what I've always done because I'm too lazy to rake. Yeah. But I've got a neighbor now that uh, moved here from another state, and he rakes his and cleans his. I noticed last year, and he already cleaned his gutters. And he went around back, and his backyard is fenced in. But he's been burning his every uh-huh. time, and you know, no one has said anything here. But um, EPA really frowns on burning stuff. You have to have a permit for hazard reduction of burns in forestry. That's the reason the national forest will burn up. That's the reason California's burned up because they don't do the hazard reduction burning and burn the leaves and stuff that are on the ground seasonably. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we have a situation there where it, uh, it builds up to where it makes a huge fire when it finally, uh, if it catches on fire in a drought. Oh, okay. But, but if I was you, I would just do me a composting area and, and do it that way. 
if you don't have a place to take. I mean, do the leaves ultimately disappear? Uh, yeah, at, always, yeah, they'll they'll go ahead and just uh, like everything else. They'll just well, you just think about the woods. You walk through the woods, all the leaves by the zillions that are on trees, mm-hmm. hardwood trees. You know, pine now, pine straw and needles will stay there and build up, but the hardwood will go ahead and it'll it'll dry up and compost itself kind of in the woods and you don't see it on the ground in the woods it's it, it's clean but it's not just as clean as it would be if you raked it but, but it's pretty nice and pines are the things you really have to worry about any any kind of uh, evergreen that sheds those needles like that spruce pine or a pine or, or christmas trees you know how christmas trees are after you cut them and you've had them in your house mm-hmm. and then they start all those needles fall off and you know what a fire hazard it can be. Once upon a time, people uh, put candles on them and houses burned. Yeah. Yeah, if they kept the tree too long. Which reminds me, good Southerners, if we're worried about what to do with leaves, let's remember also to properly dispose of your pumpkins here in a couple of days and also properly dispose of your Christmas trees. Jerry, there's nothing tackier than to see pumpkins strewn about and Christmas trees after the holidays. A lot of times on these government lakes, they'll, the Corps of Engineers will take trees and they'll make uh, fish uh, nests, so to speak, for fish. And they'll, uh, they'll tie them together and stake them down. And then when the lakes fill up in the spring, it's a good place to have a far school of fish to stay and live. So they'll, they'll, you know, you can get rid of Christmas trees if you make an effort to, even if you live in the country. Or wherever you live yeah i guess but the worst offender of people disposing of stuff would be tires in the countryside oh <laughs> uh, and well people just you know i i say when i was growing up in takapola it's just that it didn't get much country in that but we were country and we kept everything clean as a pen and today it's more rednecky and people don't pay any attention to that. You know, it's it's really sad that you can go by a house and see tires piled up in the yard or painted and half of it in the ground, <laughs> half of it out painted. But, uh, you know, you can get rid of those also. And when you have your tires changed, now you got to pay for them to keep them because they're not that easy to get rid of. Yeah, I know. Well, Jerry, we are going to become green efficient here on the Y'all Show, thanks to you. Sounds good. I mean, I didn't know I was uh, into that, but I guess <laughs> you know, I've, been, I've been involved enough with uh, getting permits when I was uh, with International Paper. We had to have a permit for everything we did by the time my career with them was over with. Yeah. Well, we appreciate was, you. you uh, we appreciate you you signing on the permit to be on today's y'all show jerry short the teller of tales via takapola have a great rest of your week sir thank you so much you you do the same and enjoy this pretty foliage you got i will let me go get my rake well thank you all for being with us once again on the y'all show we've got more good stuff coming your way we'll have barbecue talk tomorrow on the tuesday edition we'll have our sports land yap and of course this headlines from across the region and more You've been listening to Y'all with John Rawl, talk with a Southern accent.
As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than two cents per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit vistaprint.com and use promo code 1313 at checkout. That's vistaprint.com, promo code 1313. Technology Truths, brought to you by GEICO. Technology Truths. Truth, you have 14 login passwords, and you can't remember any of them. Doug 1, Doug 2, Doug is awesome. Doug is awesome, 1, 2, 3. Truth, it's so easy to switch and save on car insurance at GEICO.com. Doug is super cool, ampersand, underscore, exclamation point, exclamation point, 1985. Knew it. GEICO, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.